want to get outside. All right, I'm going to drag this over here and just don't cheat by looking ahead at my advanced slides until I put it into play mode, okay? All right, pretend you don't see those other ones, the small ones, and now, there, nice. Okay, great. So <clears throat> um, I think some of you, I, I don't think, I know many of you here have an idea about what this uh, conversation or this, uh, this presentation is going to be uh, this morning. Uh, this is a little bit different than a regular sermon. Um, I would say it's kind of a hybrid. There's, if, it, if this is a sermon on this hand and this is a seminar on this hand, this is a combination of the two, we can call it a seminar. So... Um, we uh, attempted to have this recorded because there's some that are not here today, um, and we want them to be able to see it, uh, all the members who are uh, part of the Meadow Vista Church, but uh, it looks like that's not working, so we're just going to record from my cell phone over there, and hopefully that'll work. <laughs> well, let's start out. I just want to pray one more time and ask God to be with us. Father in heaven, thank you so much that uh, we can work for you. Lord, what a blessing and a privilege it is, Lord. We know that we're called to be your disciples and the light of the world. So Lord, I, I just pray that uh, you, would, you would be with us today as I had prayed earlier in the invocation. And I ask, Lord, that we would be able to clearly understand all of the information that we're gonna cover this morning. And Lord, that we would be able to then take it and participate and be co-laborers together with you. I pray for this in your name, amen. All right, so. For those of you who don't know, my name is Nelson Ernst, it's there in the bulletin, and I've been elected the personal ministries director for the church, and we've been cooking up some plans for the past couple of months, and uh, we're here today to talk about those plans, all right? Is that okay with you? Can we talk about plans for God's work? Is that okay, church? I know it's okay, that's a rhetorical question, but thank you for answering. Um, so, um, a quick question for you. If you were to give an answer to this question, what would it be? A one-line answer, no long answer. What is the purpose of the church? You can go ahead and say something. What's the purpose of the church? Bring souls to Christ. What else? What? Spread the word. Anything else? Another taker? To love each other. Fellowship. I'm noticing nobody's saying potluck. <laughs> Discipleship, okay. Okay, hospital for the sick. Okay, so I think we could go on for a long time and nobody would have a wrong answer necessarily because the church is multifaceted. There's a lot of things that we do at church. There's a lot of objectives, correct? But my question is, what is the primary, the primary, the main objective of the church? So here's an here's a answer from uh, Spirit of Prophecy. Uh, in Acts of the Apostles, she says, the church is God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. Uh, it was organized for what? Service. The church was organized for what? Service. And its mission is to carry the gospel to the world. So in other words, the primary reason why we get together as a corporate body of believers is so that we can organize ourselves for service. Uh, and, and this is especially true, not just of the Christian church in general, but this is especially true of the Seventh-day Adventist church, isn't it? Because at the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we exist as a group because we are based on a, it's a word that starts with M, a message. We have a message of what is soon to come upon this earth and to tell people to get ready for Jesus' soon coming. Amen? Amen. So 
what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about this, this part here where it's talking about organization for service. So personal ministries is a part of the Seventh-day Adventist church uh, that focuses on the overarching picture of what are we doing as a church to reach the community individually and corporately. And um, I take that job seriously. And I think that it's important that we as a church have a sense of direction when it comes to church growth. Amen? Because our purpose as a church, when we come together, one of the primary purposes is to do service and to reach people with the everlasting gospel, the three angels' messages, the, the, the message of a, a crucified, risen, and soon turning savior, savior. Amen? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. So I, let's, let's split this into three different sections. So today's uh, seminar or presentation, we're going to have three different sections. Section number one, I'm going to briefly overview, go over with you a, a brief delineation, a brief overview of um, what, what we are talking about in terms of the plan for outreach for personal ministries for the Meadow Vista Church. Second section is we are then going to take the, the theory that I just gave and we are going to now talk about how we're actually planning on executing this in our church here in Meadow Vista. And then lastly, Lord willing, we will have enough time that we will get into a section for questions and answers. Because I'm sure after we get done talking, several of you will have some questions and we would like to answer those questions. So without further ado, let's get into what I'm talking about here. What is this personal ministries plan? Some of you here have heard of this before. In fact, several of you, I understand, have actually been reading through books uh, with the pastor on this topic. There's a program in the Adventist church that was started by a guy named Jim Howard in the Michigan Conference. He's now the personal ministries director for the General Conference. And he started this program, which is incredible. It's an all-encompassing way of viewing the work of our church and making sure that nothing slips through the cracks. Because I know that there are a lot of people here in this church, because my ear is to the ground, I know a lot of you guys are doing things. Some of you are talking to your grocery store cashier about Christ. Some of you are starting a, per a personal Bible study in your home about Ruth or, or something, right? Some of you are maybe doing this or that. We're all doing something, but we want to take all those somethings and put them into a structure so that we can then be more proactive about it and organized and efficient and effective. So this is a great uh, program, which we're going to be doing as a church, that plugs all those puzzle pieces together. So let me quickly go over what this looks like. It's a five-phase um, program. The first phrase, phase is uh, called preparing the soil. And this is uh, speaking to the, the ministries in the church that have to do with essentially reaching out to people and making friends. So, um, you know, Christ mingled among men and showed interest in them before he called them to follow after him. So this is absolutely essential. If we as God's people, Seventh-day Adventists from the Meadow Vista Church, are not having regular interactions with people who are not part of our church, then we have a problem and they are not going to be ready to come into the church because we've never even had that initial connection with them. So at a very fundamental first step level, the church needs to proactively have opportunities and programs and even, yes, training on how we can interact with people who are not part of our faith in an intentional way so that we can begin the first step 
of bringing people to Christ. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's what this is addressing, uh, the preparing the soil um, aspect of this program. The next section deals with uh, planting the word. Um, now, this is a, a little bit more uh, honed in and, and refined. And in the planting section, I call this phase one and phase two, all the way through phase five or step five. This is a, an aspect of the ministry uh, or, or the organizational uh, structure that is dealing with uh, being more proactive spiritually. So let's say, for example, I go up to my cashier. I'm buying uh, some veggie meat at the, um, you know, the grocery outlet in Auburn. We've all been there buying veggie meat. I know that you can relate to me. So we're there picking up our veggie meat. We go to the cashier. We always go to the same cashier because we like that cashier. And we, we talk to the cashier about the weather. We talk to them about... We talk to them about, you know, the, the veggie link ingredients and how they're high in sodium. We talk to them about all kinds of things that are not necessarily religious, right? But what are we doing? We're establishing a relationship. So that is phase one. That is step one. That's what's happening at that very moment. But then we, know we need to take it beyond there. So then at a certain point, we come to the church and we learn, well, here's how to tactfully turn a conversation spiritual. And so then we go back with those new those new spiritual moves that we know how to use. And we go to that same cashier and we say, hey, you know what, uh, you know, how are you doing today? Uh, you kind of look sad. Have, have you ever, you know, maybe heard of this Bible promise or, or something like that? And then now we've entered into phase two because what we're doing is we're sharing something spiritual with somebody. This can look like giving pe people a piece of literature. It could look like giving them uh, an invitation to some kind of church program. Uh, whatever, all those things that are in that category is what is encompassed by planting the word or step number two. Follow me so far? Yes? This isn't that exciting yet, is it? Don't worry, it's going to get exciting. Because I'm going to have people come up here and they're going to make it much more exciting than me. Because we're going to talk about how this is going to be practically carried out in the church. Amen. All right. Okay. Step three, cultivate. This is where ongoing Bible studies happen. Right? So once you talk to that cashier... And they broke down crying when you're buying your vegetarian meat. And they said, you know, I, I was just needing this, this conversation we had. Thank you so much for praying with me. What are you supposed to do then? Invite, Invite them to? Church. Well. <laughs> Invite them to? Not just a Bible study, but long-term, ongoing Bible study opportunities. We want to plug them into church, but by church we don't, yes, we mean what happens here on Sabbath once a week, but in a more fundamental way, what we mean is we want to plug them into a small group where they're having ongoing, close-knit, organic-feeling Bible studies, and that is where we get into phase three, what we call care groups. So we're literally taking this GROW program and we're taking the care groups uh, ministry and we're combining the two. It's just we're taking in step three, we're replacing step three or we're, we're superimposing on, on top of step three, this care group model. Now, those of you who don't know what care groups are, we're gonna get into that in just a little bit, but it's a really successful method that they've been using in different parts of the world church uh, to bring people in and have long-term Bible studies with them. Fourth step is the harvest. This is very simply explained as a reaping event. You all know what an evangelistic series is. That's what this is. It's an evangelistic series. Um, and then last is to preserve, and that is to keep the people who have been part of this, this process in the church and active. 
So <clears throat> every church has different strengths and weaknesses. If you look at these five different stages right here, does Meadow Vista have strengths when it comes to this? Absolutely. So you tell me, what are the strengths of the Meadow Vista Church in terms of outreach? What have we been doing recently? That's not a rhetorical question. Go ahead. Best way. That's, that's health outreach, correct? Yes? Yes, okay. And we have our, our intrepid uh, leader here who has done that for so many years, Sharon Yeager. So what else have we been doing in terms of outreach that is a, a hallmark or a big aspect of what Meadow Vista Church has done recently? Yes? I'm, let's just say within the last three years. Okay. Literally going out door to door, not a mailing, but going out. Okay. Okay, good. So there's a couple examples. So, where, so, so, so we do have some strengths that are going on here. And I'm not going to get into this with you right now and ask you what the weaknesses are. I think all of us here could look at the Meadow Vista Church and say, well, these are the areas where we're not actually doing much of anything. Or maybe we're just not, you know, having good success there. Uh, but you understand that our church has strengths and weaknesses when it comes to this paradigm, this, this program. And what's great about this is that um, we now, with this paradigm of these five steps, get to look at our church and we get to say, where are the strengths, where are the weaknesses, and we get to focus on the weak areas and to bolster them. Um, so we should increase the strength of each phase. The key is to or, uh, recognize that every phase of soul winning is essential. We can't just focus on one or two areas and neglect the others. In this example, you have a church that is really good at... They're really good at doing friendship evangelism, right? They're out there and they're, they're talking to people and they're making connections. And they're also really good at what? Having an evangelistic series. Maybe they have an evangelistic series two times, three times a year, right? Um, but the other areas they're weak in, okay? So um, what happens when this is the case, that you have strengths and weaknesses, is that those weaknesses become a growth bottleneck and it limits the growth of the church. Do you guys want to see this church doubled in size and membership? Amen. Do you want to get to the point where this church in five years has so many people in it that we have to plant another church? Yes, amen. We'll have a bigger potluck then. Amen. This results in a growth bottleneck. We want to assess and strengthen every phase and, and then get everybody involved so that we can increase the level of activity in each one of these phases. Total member involvement. You guys ever heard of that? TMI, it's not too much information. It's total member involvement in the church anyway. So if every month, here's, a, here's, a, here's kind of a trick question for you. If every member was involved in some form of personal outreach, would the church grow? It's a trick question, kind of, not necessarily. Why? Well, because every member could be involved in just one phase, but not all of them, right? So what if all the members in the church were really heavily involved in the uh, the reaping meetings, but nothing else. Well, we would have a problem, right? That's where we get into situations where we have to do mass mailings to everybody, and that's the only, that's the main, if not the only um, uh, portal for, for people to, in the community to know about what's happening and to come to those meetings. And that makes it so we don't get as many visitors to our reaping meetings as, as we could. Uh, what if everybody was involved um, in this phase here, which is just the, the friendship evangelism? Obviously, there are, there are problems with that. So what we want to do is identify those no-grow areas. We're just going to look at one example here. We want to read this together. Church A is very busy. It holds cooking seminars, VBS, and evangelistic meetings every year. 
It also has an active community service center and a mentorship program for new members. Why is it not growing as much as it could? Anybody want to try and answer that? What aspect is missing of the five phases of the GROW program here? They have cooking seminars, VBS, evangelistic meetings, community service, mentorship program. Which one's missing? Bible studies? You are? Yeah, mostly right. They're missing the cultivate aspect and they're missing the planting aspect. Now you could argue that maybe VBS is part of phase two planting because you're talking to kids about the Bible, right? Um, but uh, at least in these slides, that's what the GC told us. So, because I'm getting these slides from them. Um, we could go and, and look at uh, more, um, more uh, different examples of this, but our time is running low. So let me just fast forward here. Let's see if we can identify these different activities. What phase do these fall into? What phase is a uh, step one part of? What, how would you categorize that? Uh, I'm sorry, a, co a cooking school. I kind of gave away the answer, didn't I? <laughs> that, that would be step one, which is to prepare. What about a vacation Bible school? That would be level one, which is uh, prepare, or level two, which is to, to sow. They categorize it as prepare. How about food and clothing ministry? Is that a reaping event? Absolutely not. That's prepare as well. Evangelistic meetings? Yeah, which is which, is which step? Uh, step number four, right? Or harvest. What about a parenting seminar? What, what, what phase does that fall into? What step would that be categorized as? A parenting seminar for the community. You invite people to learn how to be better parents. That'd be phase one, right? New member discipleship? That, that would prob I'm just gonna guess that that would probably be the last one, which is uh, preserve, step five. And a finance seminar. That would also, I think, be prepare. Correct. All right. So I think we all understand the, the concept here. And uh, Meadow Vista has been uh, doing well in prepare, right? We have that. I'm not sure when the last time it was that we had a reaping meeting. I'm not sure how many of us here are actively giving long-term Bible studies. Uh, I'm not sure how many of us here are sharing literature or having spiritual conversations with people intentionally in uh, phase number two. I'm not sure uh, of a lot of those things, but I am sure that we're going to move forward by God's grace. Amen? All right, so now we're going to talk about Meadow Vista. We're transitioning over to phase two of our seminar. Um, we're going to talk now about the plans that we've been cooking up uh, for Meadow Vista Church. And I'm excited about these plans. And at this point, actually, I'd like to have the deacons help by passing out a uh, survey to everybody. Uh, we want to collect some input from you as we go over each one of these. Now, this survey is going to have uh, three different sections to it. There's step one, step two, step three, because we're going to talk about those right now. And we want you to take this piece of paper, and as we're going through and discussing each one of these steps, we would really appreciate it if you could fill out your answers. These are for, for the adults uh, to, to have. Um, we really would appreciate it if you could fill out these answers, and then when we're done with uh, our time this morning and you come out the back doors, um, to shake hands and, and greet each other and so on. We're going to have a deacon there to collect all these papers because we want to get all of these, and as a leadership team, we're going to get back together and to, uh, we're going to discuss these. So I'd like to invite up first, I'd like to invite Ernie up, and uh, Ernie and I are going to talk to you now about phase number one.
Now, just so you know, Nelson Ernst is not going to be micromanaging every aspect of this program. Amen. Because I have too much on my plate, just like all of you do. There's no way I could do that. I would be the bottleneck. So um, we are um, having actually uh, one or two people who are going to be leading each aspect or each phase of this GROW project. So Ernie is, has volunteered. He's on the personal ministries team, but he's, he's volunteering to do more than his, than his volunteer job description even has, and he is going to be in charge of level one activity, of, of organizing it, of uh, promoting it, of supporting it, and so on. So um, Ernie, why don't you tell us about level one activity for the church? What are our plans? What do we already have going? Good morning, everybody. So within the um, cycle here in the preparation and the planting phases, we kind of refer to it as level one within personal ministries. So that's the part that I'm helping with. Uh, within those two, there's, I would say there's two levels within that, that that we've kind of broken out. And the first one would be social, just social events. We're trying to avoid calling them social groups, uh, but more of a, an event. And these events, we talked about it in Sabbath study this morning, and it was um, uh, a friendship evangelism was the term that I heard. So really these events are nothing more than like what um, Nelson mentioned earlier. It would be like if you met somebody for the first time, and you're maybe the second time, and then you invite them to go for a walk, or you invite them to go fishing. It's just time to develop that relationship. So that's what these social events are. So the, the good news is on the form in front of you, you'll see that we already have um, some of these ready to go. So right now, we've already got leaders for these, and these will just be church members that will be leading these events. So we have uh, things like fly fishing, bass fishing, um, hiking groups, uh, photography, and breaking news. I just learned about it this morning, a senior group that Lori Longo is putting together that will meet in the Better Living Center, uh, knitting group that we're looking for a leader for some ongoing talks there, uh, a, a light walking group, right? Um, and then an upholstery group that uh, we're waiting. You guys probably know who will probably end up leading that. Not me. <laughs> Definitely not me. I'm going to join the light walking group, I think. <laughs> um, so like I said, we have leaders for those already. Um, so these leaders aren't going to go through, and like Nelson mentioned, there's not going to be a direct spiritual message in these, right? We're just forming rela relationships. We're getting to know these people. And, but, they, but these leaders will receive some basic training so that they can know that when somebody is seeking God and wants a deeper relationship with them, they now know what to say or what to do with that person. But there won't be a direct spiritual message in these. Um, and the events, uh, the number of events is up to the leader. And um, um, how many people are in that event will also be up to the, up to the leader. Um, these events will be um, posted, they'll be in the calendar. We'll always give you guys a list of uh, when these events are, who's leading them, so that when you run into people, you can send them to either me or that event leader, and then they can join one of these events, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes some of these might have a little bit of liability. So some of these have to get approved by the church boards. Not all of them, but some of them. So we'll be screening those out, and that's just to, if there's any liability on the church, 
then it's a good thing that these go through the church board. Um, and if you guys have, obviously, we have a church directory here. Everybody put their hobbies and interests on that. And so um, if you guys have any interest in leading a social event, um, come to me and we can help organize that. Um, the second level. Yes, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go into the second level. Well, I would say, I would say, well, say well I would say second level of, <coughs> of, of what of we're doing of, yeah. within my level sure. is um, uh, events outside of the social events. So we have one coming up, if you want me to mention it now, uh, MindFit. Mind yep, I even got a slide. Okay, so MindFit is a program from Voice of Prophecy, and we're going to have that. We've already nailed down the date. That'll be April 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th from 6.30 to 8.30, and that's going to be led by Robert Nordman. And it's going over uh, mental, um, uh, mental health, health uh, stress, anxiety. Um, I don't know, has anybody in here ever dealt with stress? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've never felt stress before, said nobody in the history of the world, right? So this is going to be a great event in a, in a, to reach out for us. Uh, and then we'll, we're talking about feeding um, events right after that as well. Um, and you can, I'm going to pass out cards. Actually, I'll be in the foyer after. I've got cards with uh, QR codes on there, and you guys can grab one of those, and I've also got a little card that's the cycle of evangelism. If you guys want one, just grab it from me in the foyer. Um, and just in summary, I just wanted to say, I've only been to church for a couple of years, and like Nelson was saying, I have seen so many things going on, uh, Bible studies, and just different events going on, um, too numerous to count up here, but this is going to be just a systematic structure to give you guys, so when you're done with that person, you've been doing the friendship evangelism, and you get to that point, and you're like, what next? Where do I send them? Well, we're going to have these events, and then the, the next stages that Nelson's talking about, so I think it's just a wonderful thing, and everybody I've asked so far has been yes and amen, so mm. you guys have been all in so far. Amen, amen. So, so what this looks like, Ernie, practically is, so if I'm, <clears throat> you know, tomorrow on, on Sunday, I'm, you know, I'm out and I'm, now I'm intentionally looking for people in my interactions in the community. I'm intentionally looking for people and, 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 I'm, and I'm engaging in conversation with them, whereas normally I might not say anything, but I'm, I'm befriending people. And now I know in the back of my head that as we establish that friendship or that conversation, that there can, continue, there can continue to be something that would happen between them and the church because we, we have these opportunities for them to be plugged into. So if I'm going over to the, what is it, the sports center, or you know the one by the exit of Walmart? It's on the left, it's this big place. Bass, Bass, Bass Pro Shops? Bass Pro Shops. I know it well. You would know about that, yeah, right? I mean, that, that's probably a place where you're gonna find some people that are interested in fishing, right? So you know when you walk in there and you're talking to somebody, hey, I'm taking it, you probably like fishing, right? You got a fishing rod in your hand you're about to buy, you know? So you strike up a conversation like, you know, actually I got a group of friends that we go fishing once every blah, blah, blah. And you wanna come, right? So now you have something to be inviting people to. And as this develops, we're going to be providing information for everybody in the church as to which groups are available and how many slots they have open still uh, so that we can try and encourage people to come and join these. 
So. Yeah, and as the secretary, one of the other roles is that I will do follow-up um, and just give you guys feedback so that you know what's going on, the successes that we're having. And it's fluid, right? We're going to learn this first year. We're going to learn from mistakes and things that don't work, and the things that do work we'll expand on. But we have to crawl before we walk and walk before we run. Amen. Yes, yes. Good. Thank you, Ernie. Sure. Appreciate it. Again, Ernie is uh, such a great guy here. He's doing above and beyond what he is actually called to do in his position. We, we're just so grateful to have him on the team. So um, on your little uh, Meadow Vista ministry survey, uh, if you could take and fill out uh, level one activity section, and that is uh, indicate if you're interested in joining or supporting any one of these groups. Um, do you have any suggestions for other small groups that could be formed? If so, which ones? Maybe you like playing pickleball. And you're like, hey, I don't mind if other people come and join me. Like, let's turn this into something more than just me going and playing pickleball. Then mark that down. Are you interested in being the leader of a small group? This way, Ernie uh, and the team here, we can get in contact with you and we can see where God leads from there. Now let's talk about level two activity. Um, and I'm going to invite up Yako and Lori, if you guys could come up right now. And we're going to talk about level two activity. And again, what is encompassed in level two activity? Can anybody tell me? Level two activity. Planting, outreach, okay, yeah. So like going door to door and giving out great controversies, that would be level two. Or maybe going up to somebody and having a spiritual conversation with them, that would be level two, right? So it's above just making friends because you're being proactive spiritually with people, but it's not actually a reaping event or a long-term Bible study. This is just you're interacting with people spiritually, okay? So <coughs> with... Um, Level two, uh, Yako and Lori are a big part of making this part of the work happen. And we have several different aspects to level two that we're going to be unrolling and unfolding in the church as we move forward here time-wise. And the first one has to do with literature. And Lori, you're in charge of literature for the church. So um, can you just tell us, does literature in your experience work? Have you had any experience with giving out some literature or know somebody who's done something like that? Um, this week I was on a shuttle and the conversation with the man behind me and the driver turned to why are Seventh-day Adventists vegetarian and mm. you know that kind of thing and um, I was I was going to Nashville so you kind of know that there's some you know Bible anyway Bible background there so then he's like, are you vegetarian because you believe the, bi the body's a temple? And <laughs> so anyway, I, I shared with him. And then when I got off, I looked through, this is, I want to brought this up. I looked through my fanny pack and I tried to figure out, okay, from the conversation with the driver and with the man behind me, I couldn't tell about the driver. He did use the word blessed a couple times maybe. So I... Um, I look through my glow. It's nice to have several different kinds mm -hmm. in your pocket. And I picked out a couple for one and then a, and one for the other. And, um, you know, with my tip, I handed the driver the mm -hmm. glow. They won't say no to that. Right. And then the other guy, and he's like, thank you so much, the, the guy that was really asking a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And then I went to my hairdresser this week, and she's going through cancer and chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And I've been going to her a long time, but she's never acted spiritual at all, very confident. And, but this time I thought, I'm going to give her something. So I did give her something. She said, thank you, I'll read it 
when I'm getting my chemo later mm. that day. Mm. So now, and I said I'm praying for you, so mm. now I'm going to, after maybe a week, send her a, t a text from the Bible mm -hmm. and just say, hey, I'm still praying for you and give her like John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. Amen. And um, so anyway, Amen. the reason I have this is I'm going to be out back with the glow literature and instead of everybody buying little snack bags that you don't need, I'm going to have a bunch of snack bags for you and you can pick up some glow literature right after, um, mm -hmm. right at the end of the service Amen. and I'll <coughs> give you your free snack bag. And can I just uh, emphasize something too to add to that? You know, I, I was the guy who started the Glow Tracks ministry in 2007. I've been the director until this last year. So for 17 or fi well, 15, however many years I've been doing that and we printed 145 million tracks and the reason why we're talking about literature is because when you give a piece of literature to somebody, not only does it plant a spiritual seed so they can read it, but 75% of the time, the stories that we get back in the office about the, why it was so powerful that the tracks were given out is because the track acts as a mechanism, a tool for you as a member to have a spiritual conversation with somebody. Because if you are talking to somebody in the grocery store, I keep on using the grocery store as an example, if you're in the grocery store and you don't know how to start a spiritual conversation with them, that is one thing that you can do. You can give them a piece of literature and oftentimes it will then naturally gravitate towards a spiritual conversation. So look at what happened here. She had spiritual conversations and a lot of that was the, in, intermixed with that is, is the giving of the literature. So we, we want to thoroughly encourage everyone here to participate in carrying literature with them wherever they go every day of, of the year, 365 days. In fact, on May 4, you can mark this down on your calendars, May 4, uh, we have a Sabbath where I'm going to be giving the sermon again, and on that particular Sabbath, I'm going to devote the entire service to training you all on 12 different ways of effectively giving out literature in everyday life, um, backed up with lots of stories. You'll hear about how I got arrested one time for giving out literature, so, so, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, <clears throat> so... So literature is going to be a big part of it, and we're going to continue to unroll that aspect of the program as we move forward. Another aspect of Level 2 activity that we've been talking about and planning on is uh, doing uh, outreach Sabbaths. And uh, Yako, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What was our conversation like? What are, where are we thinking of, about heading with outreach Sabbaths? What does that mean? Well, John? Yeah, just hold it close to me. Um, yeah, I was, I was feeling that um, we should have outreach Sabbaths as, as a congregation on, on a Sabbath day. Um, number one, it's, it's a good opportunity to enrich and work together. But, um, you know, going, going out on the Sabbath, um, that's what we've kind of done in the past. And um, you, you come back and you testify of what, what God has done. Mm -hmm. um, is, is, is I've seen that happen and that it's a really good, um, it's a it's a really good way to do it. Amen. Um, we'll do that. We're talking about that. Um, how, how often we will do that? That's still in the works. That's We're still under, figuring that out. It's still under works. But just to give a testimony also about um, literature. Um, back in South Africa, I was at my my job in my office, and um, there was I had a. Ten Commandments twice removed on my on my office desk, and um, this one guy we we called him Clint Eastwood. He was like six foot, I don't know, over six foot. He was two hundred and something pounds, and there was hardly any fat on his body. 
and um, he was fit, and he was about 60 years old. And one day he asked me about that book, and I said, yeah, you can have it. You can, you can read it. And so he came back to me, he said, yeah, I, I read it, and uh, it's pretty good. I, bel I, I agree with everything in there. Do you have, do you have anything else? And so I, I thought, okay, I need to just slowly, you know, give him some evolution stuff. So I gave him, he said, he came back, he said, I watched it, I know all this stuff, I, I don't believe in evolution. And uh, I said, okay, do you have more? I said, yeah, I, I gave him Great Controversy. And he read the Great Controversy in two weeks. Wow. He was, he was through it. I said, do you have more? I, I said, I, I, <laughs> I read this book and I learned a lot that I didn't know. So if, that, if at that point in the conversation, mm -hmm. your church there would have had level three care groups operating, uh -huh. then he could have very naturally invited him to join something like that. That was where we were going to go. All right. But listen to what happened. I'm just jumping the gun, huh? So I, uh, so I gave him a um, total onslaught from Walter Fife. That's going to keep him busy for a while. <laughs> but sadly, about two weeks later, he was swimming. He had a heart attack, and he passed away. Mm. And so I, had to, I have two testimonies like that. I don't think I'm going to have time to tell the other one. But um, my stepmom gave a steps to Christ to someone in hospital, lying right next to her. And she didn't want to read that book, and then... She was just looking at it, and then she decided, okay, I'm going to take that book. Mm. And everywhere where she went, she clung to that book. Just when she know. went to the bathroom, she had that book, mm -hmm. and she passed away about a week later. Mm. So we never know when, yep. right, somebody's going to pick up that pamphlet or that book that you've, that you've distributed, mm -hmm. and it, it can save their lives Amen. spiritually. Yep. for the kingdom. So you can see why, uh, why uh, we've asked Yako and, uh, and Lori to be in charge of uh, the element of this that has to do with literature because they're uh, excited about it. Um, let can me I just mention one other thing here on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. We had talked about, like I know that when most of us here hear, oh, it's an outreach Sabbath, we naturally think door to door and some of us start getting butterflies in our stomach. Amen? Mm -hmm. A few murmured amens. <laughs> Uh, the outreach Sabbath will definitely include door-to-door, -door, but that's not all that we're, we're going to have there. We're going to try to make it work in such a way that everybody can do something and be within their comfort zone, be a little stretched maybe, but be within their comfort zone as much as possible because we want everybody to be involved in an outreach Sabbath because it's great to do stuff as a church corporately. So those might be once a quarter. We're still working on some details with that. Uh, we might ha we'll probably have opportunities for giving out literature without directly interacting with people. Um, we might have opportunity to go and to sing in the elderly homes, retirement homes. Am I missing something? Yes, the homeless. Yes, giving, yeah. you know, reaching out to reaching them. Reaching out to the homeless. Um, and we might also have an opportunity for people to pray here. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, so there will be more information forthcoming on the outreach Sabbaths and what those are going to look like. And uh, we hope that that's something that's going to be really big uh, for everybody. Last point I wanted to cover here after... Go ahead, Yako. <laughs> I have one more um, thing to say. What, what uh, woke me up in terms of uh, literature is uh, my wife. Shelly, come up here. <laughs> <laughs> About uh, two months ago, she listened to a sermon. And she, if we've been married for 10 years, she's not somebody that 
distributed literature or anything, but about two months ago, she listened to a sermon and it was like a mosquito that bit her. She just like went crazy, handing out wherever she goes, hundreds and hundreds of glow tracks. So Shelley, yeah. tell us why, what, what, uh, what made you wanna just hand out glow tracks? So um, I listened to the sermon and I was inspired because the, um, the message was about introverts who don't feel comfortable talking and it's an evangel literature evangelism is something they can do. Um, so he was talking about the story of Andrew in the Bible, in the book of John. He's mentioned three times, and each time he's just quietly bringing someone to Christ. Um, first his brother Peter, and then the lad with the fish and bread, and then bringing two Greeks. And so I was inspired that God can use Andrews and God can use Peters, and... Um, we can quietly spread literature, and so that's what I've chosen to do. Amen. Amen. So usually uh, when we go on a road trip, she, she needs to go to the bathroom like every 10 minutes. But now I feel it's okay because we have a pack of uh, glow tracks in, in the back, and uh, Amen. she goes to every seat and, every <laughs> and, and, and spread the glow tracks. Like so I'm, I'm like, okay, it's now not a problem anymore. Now that's a real super anymore. spreader event, spreading the gospel in the, in the rest stops. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Yako. Thank you, Lori. All right, so <clears throat> we have a lot of activity planned there. If you guys would take your uh, Meadow Vista ministry survey and look at the level two activity section and please fill that out. Are you interested in having doors knocked in your neighborhood? If so, what is your address? We, when we plan where we want to go door to door, maybe we, you want us to come to your neighborhood. You know, that, that would be great. Then we'd have an Adventist that's close by that can help with you know, anything that might come out of that, potentially. Are you open to going out regularly uh, on a regularly scheduled Sabbath afternoon to hand out literature, take surveys, or even just place literature without interacting with anybody? What other activities could be done on an outreach Sabbath to reach the community? Are you interested in joining a training to learn how to have uh, a spiritual conversation with somebody? Which brings me to the last point here that I didn't mention. Level two is about corporate outreach, but it's also about our individual conversations. So if you are uncomfortable or don't know how to take a conversation and transition it from mundane things to something spiritual, we have some resources that we're gonna be do, uh, going over. We're gonna have a schedule of training for those of you who would like to get some pro tips on how to do that. Pastor Mark Finley has some really good resources on that as well that we're gonna be going over so that when you are done with that training, you know, if you feel you need a training on that, um, you will be able to go out and talk to any cashier, start talking about the weather, and then eventually, potentially bring it tactfully to a spiritual conversation without feeling extremely awkward about it. You know, have you ever seen somebody go up to a, a non-Adventist and be like, hi, um, you should go to church on Saturday. Like, that's probably not the best way of doing it. I've taken many members out door-to-door -door over the years, and that has happened sometimes, and it doesn't always end with good results. Sometimes you get lucky, and God has mercy, and, and the, you actually end up having a good conversation, but normally you need to be more tactful than that. So we're going to have a training on that as well so that we can all be really uh, well, uh, doing well at that. Let's move on to level three. And just so you know, level three is our last main one that we're going to talk about because level four and five are pretty self-explanatory. Uh, so I'm going to invite Jason up, Jason Hoeing. Jason is our uh, uh, working for us uh, in the area of Bible work. 
and he has a lot of experience with care groups, having gone through, I think, their trainings or so on. So tell us about Level 3 and what that's going to yeah. look like. How are you guys doing? So my name is Jason Hoyne, and I am your new Bible worker. Amen. Yep. So I'm doing my master's program over at uh, Weimar. And so part of my Bible working is my internship as well. So it kind of fits uh, both of the models there. So I appreciate Pastor Doe and the Board of Elders and the church board and all you guys for allowing me to be in here working alongside you guys. So um, level three um, is the cultivation part of the, the grow process. And inside this process um, is a very sensitive um, way you go about dealing with people. So um, I don't know if many of you have farmed before, um, or has a garden, but um, when you are gardening, one of the things that you are really aware of are the weeds, right? And so you take your hoe, or you take your fingers and your hands, and you're constantly, all summer long, what are you doing? You're weeding. You're constantly weeding, and that's part of the cultivation process. So um, in, in this book, and I know a lot of you guys have gone through this book, it's the Discipleship Handbook. It has a wealth of information about what Nelson is talking about and what we are trying to adapt into this church. And I'm going to, if you want to hold this just for a second here, I'm going to read just one paragraph out of the cultivation um, uh, sections on uh, chapter 25. And it says this, once the soil has been prepared and the seeds have been planted, the cultivation phase begins. Cultivation is a process of helping plants to grow and includes giving them adequate sunlight and water and proper nutrients, removing the weeds that would choke out their growth and protecting them from the elements. In some respect, the cultivation phase is the most vital part of the entire growth process because it requires more time and labor than any other phase. While it takes only a few days to prepare the soil, plant the seeds, or harvest the crop, the cultivation of the new plant takes several months. And so I was analyzing this paragraph, and the word that came to my mind is the word um, nurture. Nurture. So level three is a group of people that are going to be nurturing the community or the seekers, those people that are not Christians coming into the care group. So not only are we going to be working on care groups in the level three section, but we're going to be also um, encouraging uh, personal Bible studies because in this book, it really takes you down the personal Bible studies route but what we're doing is adding care groups to this model as well. So um, you can see up on the screen here what we're um, going to be working on is identify potential group leaders. So I'm going to be, you guys are going to uh, see seeing me through the week, um, probably at your home or uh, businesses if, if, if time permits uh, for lunch breaks. But um, I want to get to know the church a little bit better and see if anybody is a good fit for um, leading out a care group. A care group is at your home, 
And just because you have a home, you want to open up your home to, um, to facilitate a care group doesn't mean you want to lead out in a care group, right? So this is what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be determining training needs for, um, for each. So um, before we get care groups launched and ready to go um, out um, in your guys' homes, uh, there needs to be um, training that takes place. We all need to be on the same page, um, what material we're using, and how do we conduct ourselves with people that um, uh, maybe don't look like us. You know, what words do we, we say? What words do we don't say? So just little, you know, just little things like that that will help um, the leader out. Um, identify group members because it's just not going to be um, the seekers or the community people inside your care group. It's going to be some of um, your brothers and sisters that's going to be next to you inside the, your home or their home. So we're going to identify who's, gonna, who's a good match and who, who's going to um, participate good together. And then um, launch care groups um, on, a, on a particular date that we you know, come up with as a, a personal ministry team. And then integrate groups into the cycle of evangelism. So um, the, reason, the reason in my mind that we are working on this GROW project here, level one, level two, level three, is because the world is a disaster. Do you guys agree? Mm. It's a complete disaster out there. You, you, you don't even have to watch the news. You can get on your phones and the news pops up and you're just like, I mean, you're in awe and shock going, what is going on in our government? What is going on in, in, in the wars and rumors of wars? And I heard some of us you know, in the Sabbath school class talking about that. But I believe in my whole heart of hearts that God is organizing his churches, the Seventh-day Adventist church, all over the world to bring people into his kingdom. And I feel it in my heart. And I know this church is ready to work as well. And so um, there's, there's a leadership team that's being put together for this, uh, this crucial time that we're living in. Amen? Amen. So um, I'm going to pass it back over to you. Are you got any questions to ask? Or Sounds good. We're going to get into the Q&A in just a minute Perfect. here, and we'll see what kind of questions people might want to have. Thank okay. you, Jason. Um, so <clears throat> Jason is going to be overseeing level three activity. So again, if it wasn't clear, we are going to be identifying care group leaders and hopefully establishing these care groups in multiple homes so that all of us, when we are interacting with people, in the community, we have an objective. And what is our objective? It's to fill the empty seats in those care groups. Our objective is what? To fill the empty seats in the care groups. So let's say, for example, that Kevin Longo talks with Jason and Kevin says, I am interested in being a care group leader. I'm committed to giving Bible studies once a week in my house on Wednesday evenings for anybody in the community that wants to come. I can handle up to 12 people, okay? And then let's say that Keith is like, I'll do the same thing, but I can do that only on Sundays. That information is going to be available to everybody here so that we as church members will be able to see that Keith and Kevin are going to have Bible study opportunities for care groups available in their homes on Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings. So when you go and you talk to your cashier or that guy who's buying a fishing rod over in uh, the sports center or something like that, and you go through level one conversation talking about weather, and then you transition over to talking about something spiritual, and then they break down crying, and they're like, this is a divine appointment. I've been wanting to know the Bible more. What are you going to say? Oh, great. I actually have some friends, and we get together once a week and study the Bible, and we eat together in their home. 
you want to come with me? And, and then they're like, yeah. And you say, well, they meet, one meets on Wednesday, one meets on Sunday. Which one works better with your schedule? Oh, I'll go to the Wednesday one. Okay, great, come with me. And then you guys go to the care group and you transition them in. So the objective is, so let's say that we have five different care groups going and they all have these little empty seats. We're gonna be able to tell as members what the availability option openings are and we're gonna pull together. We're all gonna be working together as a team to fill the empty seats. At a certain point, Kevin's seats might be all full, but Keith's aren't, and Keith still has three open seats left. So what are we all gonna be pulling towards? Finding people to get into those seats. And then once we have the care groups relatively full and people are studying together, guess what now happens? Now we're ready for the harvesting mechanism. That's an evangelistic series. The evangelistic series will happen, and that's when we have a full-scale evangelistic series which will act as, as, as the reaping event to help people make decisions. So you might be asking, well, what are they gonna be studying in the care groups? In the care groups, they're not going over uh, a systematic intentional reaping series, series of studies like we'll be doing in the evangelistic meetings. The care groups are gonna be going over uh, Bible studies that are just to get people into the Bible. Sure, it'll be doctrinal sometimes, a lot of times, most times probably, but, but we wanna get people into Bible studies long-term. That's the point, okay? Then there's the preservation aspect. People who are baptized, we wanna plug them right back into the system. And that's a big aspect of what we're doing for preservation. I'm gonna leave that there though. So in view of this, once again, we have these five different levels. You can look at them as a circle, but I like to look at them as a pyramid. All of us are gonna be participating in level one activity, which is befriending people. Now, wherever we go, amen? All right, and if we're not used to befriending people, we're all gonna to pray together and study together and figure it out and get used to befriending people because we need to be friendly people, amen. And then all of us are gonna participate in the planting and we can do that by giving out literature, coming on the outreaches, so on and so on, right? But what is the point of engaging in level one and level two activity for all of us? It is to go to level three, to bring people up the pyramid, up the pyramid, up the pyramid, up the pyramid, to get into level three Bible study groups, the care groups. We wanna fill those seats. We wanna fill those seats. And then of course the harvesting mechanism and so on. Also, we're gonna have a personal Bible study training uh, weekend. For those of you who would like to brush up on your skills about how to give a personal Bible study, you might meet a cashier who can't join uh, Keith's care group or, or uh, Kevin's. That's okay, you can give him Bible studies <laughs> in the meantime, and we'll train you how to do that. Last thing I wanna mention here is that prayer needs to be the core of this, amen? We have all these five phases, but who's behind all of this? God, you remember that vision in Ezekiel? I think it's in Ezekiel, right, where you got the, the angels they're upholding the throne, but what's under the, underneath the angel's wing? The hands. God's hands are upholding the angels that are upholding him. So we think we're doing God's work, and we are. We're a necessary element, but who's upholding us? God. Who's bringing those divine appointments to us? God. Who's bringing those conversations to us that happen in the community in level one and level two? God. So if you're not praying for divine appointments, you're operating at like 2% efficiency. We got to get down on our knees, and we got to ask God, God, bring people to us. And you know what, you better be careful because if you pray that prayer and then you're not willing to do anything, God will sometimes get very creative in opening up your willingness to work for him. I remember one time I prayed, God, give me a divine appointment. I wanna give out my literature. I was in the airport line going through the security. I felt a conviction to give literature to the person standing behind me in line. It was gonna be extremely awkward. It was all silent. What if they said no, everybody heard and I got rejected. It would be humiliating. So I didn't because I was a big fat chicken. 
And so I went through the, the scanner thing. I took off all my, you know, my jacket and my other pocket, things out of my pockets, put it in the bucket, went through the scanner. I got on the other side, pulled my jacket out, out of the bucket, and out of my jacket pocket fell all of my glow tracks on the ground. <laughs> and all of them were one kind, and they all said, the, made, the title was A Gift for You. And that same person just walked, that I was convicted to give it to, walked through behind me, and they saw all my literature on the ground, and they pointed out, she, she said, oh, a gift for you, what's that? I mean, it couldn't have gotten any easier. So, you know, don't be a Jonah. Don't avoid God when you pray for him to use you, because he might use you against your will sometimes. <clears throat> Please take and fill out level three activity uh, questions, um, particularly number one, particularly. With the amount of people we have in here, we probably have many, many, many people that are already ready to go into these Bible study care groups. We call that low-hanging fruit. We want to identif identify the low-hanging fruit that you already know, and we want to encourage them to join these studies. So please put their names there. We're not going to be contacting them, but if we see that you know a lot of people, we're going to be talking to you and encouraging you to bring them and invite, I should say, invite them to these and bring them to these uh, study groups, okay? Um, I did say that was the last slide. I was lying. I am going to end. I realize what time it is right now. 1226. I don't know when sermons normally end, maybe 1230, maybe 1215, and I'm already bad, but uh, we are basically done, but I do have to share this with you, okay? I, I really do. This one. Where's Craig? Craig, can you come up here real quick? Craig, did you guys know Craig is our communications director? Amen. That is, that is being communicated to you right now, and he is about to communicate to you about a way that we can communicate, so communicate to us. All right, here we go. Tell you what, transparently, just real quick, uh, I get stuck on level one. I, I haven't been able to make it past level one. How many of you want to go past level one? Amen, brother. Go to five. <laughs> That's amazing. All right. So, uh, how many of you use WhatsApp? Okay. A lot of hands. Yeah, there's actually more hands than I thought. I use it, but I don't use it. It's there on my phone, but I only have a couple people, so I don't know a whole lot about this communication process. Many of you don't. Raise your hand who doesn't. Doesn't use WhatsApp? Yep. Yeah. There's a lot. Okay, so we're going to learn together, all right? <clears throat> uh, if you have any questions, I'm going to leave it up to Nelson, uh, filter things through him. Uh, I'm here as his support and his backup as much as possible, and of course our team. But uh, if you guys need any questions, feel free to contact myself. I don't want to slam him with everything, but it's up to him. Feel free to... No, contact Craig. Everything. <laughs> Feel free. He's uh, a communications guy. If anybody needs to, you know, you can ask for my phone number. We can text, call, uh, whatever that I needs to be. I might be in Botswana or something. So. <laughs> uh, but one of the, there's three things here that are extremely important that this is going to do. Uh, it's going to give us an opportunity, each one of us, to come together and share these testimonies together. Isn't that amazing? So, so what, what, just, just for point of reference... We want you guys to scan this code oh, right. on your phones. Um, and like literally right now, you can pull your phones out. We, we encourage you to do this. It's okay. This is, this is an acceptable activity. Scan that code because that is going to get you connected to a conversation that we are going to be having as a church moving forward. And this is a, it's a group conversation. So when you're out and you have divine appointments in the, in the neighborhood, 
if you have a, an amazing conversation or something, you can share that testimony and so on. So scan it. Now, if you don't know how to do this, literally just open up your camera on your phone, point it at that QR code right there, and then it should allow you to, to uh, click something in, to open up your browser or to take you directly to WhatsApp. And then you'll be joined into the group immediately. Now, if you don't know what I'm, do what I'm talking about, and if you don't know how to do this, or maybe your phone isn't uh, operating correctly to make that happen, as I just described, that's okay. Just open up your phone anyway and take a picture of the QR code. If you simply take a picture of the QR code, we can figure out the logistics later. But as soon as this QR code is not in front of you, then you won't be able to join anymore. This paper right here also has the QR code on it, if that helps you, but you're gonna hand this paper to us as you're exiting, so you won't have this anymore. So take a picture of this right here, or the one that's on the screen, and that's gonna get you connected to our, to our group chat. So why are we having this group chat? There's at least three reasons. Yes, actually I feel bad because uh, that How was the reason. <laughs> uh, that QR code is extremely important because it, it really helps you get connected, but that brings us to three points. It gives us all opportunities to share testimonies. Uh, that bands us together. It takes a lot of trust to come together and you know, mm -hmm. share, uh, share anything. It also gives the leaders uh, an opportunity to share any updates that are going on within their, their sphere. And finally, it gives people the opportunity to uh, share prayer requests. There's prayer is powerful, mm -hmm. is it not? Mm -hmm. It's very yeah. powerful, and when we can come together, uh, that's huge. So, again, yeah. uh, our team is there. The communications team is there as extreme backup mm -hmm. for uh, this initiative. So, so Craig and the team, we're going to be. And I see your hand. I'll, I'll get right to you. We're we're going to be. You know, it's one thing to kick this off. It's another thing to have long-term support. And a key feature of the long-term support is us communicating with each other and sharing testimonies. I work for Adventist World Radio. We have a headquarters chat on WhatsApp. We're constantly sharing testimonies with each other. My boss's boss is in Rwanda right now preaching next to the Congo. He's sharing videos. He's sharing pictures. He's telling testimonies about what's happening. And you know what that, that does for the rest of the team? It encourages us. And it shows us what to pray for. We post our prayer requests on there. So when you are intimidated and don't want to talk to your cashier, guess what you can do? You can get on the WhatsApp chat and talk to all of us here, and we can pray for you. And then when you have that conversation and it turns out to be something amazing, and the people want to get baptized immediately, then you can share that testimony too. Amen? All right? So we really want to encourage you to get on there. We are going to be following up and sharing testimonies maybe even once a month in church here. But this will be something that we do every day throughout the week. So, so yeah, just kind of uh, in... in just to leave you with this last thought, it, it just reminded me of something. Uh, Exodus 4.12, now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Amen. Let's do that together. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Craig. Thank you. Okay, we're going to end now. I did say that we were going to have a Q&A session, but um, I'm not sure that we have time for that. Um, as the pianist comes up and we prepare to do our final song, um, <clears throat> I'd just like to point you guys to this uh, quote here, the church must be a working church if it would be a living church. Amen? And I know we want to be a living church, so we want to, as leaders in the church, prepare opportunities for us to be working for God. Amen? Were there any, like, you just can't wait to even talk to me at the end. I have a question that's desperate right now. We can take maybe one question. If not, we'll go ahead and have uh, our closing song. Yes, sir. That's correct. Right. Yep. Jason will be working on that. Yes. Okay. Well, let's sing our closing song.
Looking forward to talking to you afterwards. As we exit, uh, there will be a deacon that will be standing next to me to collect all of your papers. Thank you so much. Looking forward to working together out in the field. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 367, Rescue the Perishing. Please stand. 367.